High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Obsessed fans, new wave musicians, disapproving parents, oh, and an uber special shout out to all our German slumberers out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school junk films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, School is still in session. So let's chat about your homework. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. I hope you guys out there are really enjoying our Women in Horror series. I know I am, that's for sure. And today, today we got a fun one. Der Fan, a.k.a. The Fan. But before we get into that, have you been listening to the last couple of weeks of episodes? I think Mike Manzi, of course... As always, the assistant teacher, if you will, has been amazing, and he's been a great guide for the Slumber Party Massacre and the Slumber Party Massacre 2. You definitely want to check those out in our archives at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some other things, though, some other homework assignments, and the homework assignments every week, really. And that's to like us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on... Oh, wait. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Oh, social media. You know what I mean. I love, love hearing from you guys. I love seeing the likes come in. I measure my life on likes. It's unhealthy. But, you know, I, I need that class participation. And the way to do that is via social media. Or you can just email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail. It's super, super easy. Though, you know, other ways to support the show, other important ways to support the show, subscribe wherever you're listening right now, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Stitcher. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. That really, really helps with the algorithm. That helps get the show out there. You know something else that helps? Leaving a rating, five stars please. Writing a review, always a nice thing. And, and I say this and I mean it, maybe the best way that you can get the word out about High School Slumber Party is by telling your best buddy. Tell that person that you would crawl into a sleeping bag with if it was big enough, and if it wasn't big enough, crawl right next to it at a slumber party and talk all night until you pass out. Who's that person? Let them know about High School Slumber Party. So if you did do your homework for this week, 
and you have been listening to our Women in Horror series, and you did listen to the Slumber Party Massacre episodes, well, guess what? You know what's coming next. The foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, is back to review another monster cereal. I bet you can guess which one this is. Welcome back to, of course, you know, our Halloween cereal debate, or more of a grading with the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried of the great podcast Foodie Films. But I forgot to mention the last two. Of course, we started out podcasting on this network together on a show that we're still doing, P.S. I Love Hoffman. Yeah, and we're, since we're still doing it, it's called P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, so glad that you're still here trying cereals. And we tried the first two monster cereals, the last two segments, which were Frankenberry and Booberry. Yeah. And those are only released on Halloween. Today we have the classic. Gun. The... Yes. <laughs> the Gun Chocula. Count Chocula. Yeah, this one's... <laughs> uh, you know, available all the time, and I want you to, you know, dive into Count Chocolate. Have you had it before? I'm sure, right? Yes, I've had this before, although, again, it's not, it wasn't like a, um, I get, again, I think my most, and I love, I love chocolate. I, I have a sweet tooth, and I love chocolate. And if I was gonna guess, if, like, if I'm remembering correctly, the, like, chocolate cereal I had the most going up were, like, Cocoa Krispies. Gotcha. So, like, not overly chocolate. Um, it definitely didn't have marshmallows in it, but let's give this a go. Now, uh, right off the bat, I'm not a chocolate guy, and this is a little too chocolatey for me, but you are one, so let's see. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> My favorite by far. Fuck wow. that, that chocolate. It was great. I love chocolate so much. It was, it was, no, it was no chance it wasn't going to win. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Although, I'm going to give a little critique right now. I, I would have... It's more the OCD in me versus, like, you know, in serving, I would have done berry chocolate berry. Sorry. I get... Yes, sorry. yes. But, okay, fair. But I, <laughs> That's more the OCD in me than, yes, than, than, like than, a, than the... Like, a, than like the, a brewery, like, light to dark. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Any oh. notes on the uh, mouthfeel, texture? Um... From, uh, let me try out. It's soaking up the milk closer to the blueberry. For some reason, the Frankenberry held off the milk a little bit more. Um, I just love the taste of chocolate and marshmallows together. That's, I, I prefer that, I think, to the, to the berry-marshmallow combo, mm -hmm. although they're very fake berries. It's not like it's not like I love the chocolate because it's that much. Like I'm sure they're equally unhealthy for you. If, if we if we took a look at the you know I'm just even for uh, even just the cow or let's go, let's go to let me just go to the sugar where it's just like the straight up sugar or total fat. Uh, how many, nine grams, nine grams of sugar. Um, they don't make it easy to find on it. Nine grams of sugar. Nine grams of sugar. They so don't make like, it easy to find on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Calories 130. Calories 130. Ca oh! Count Chocula is healthiest for you. 
100 versus 130 for the bears. Huh. So kids, don't listen to your parents. <laughs> don't eat fruit. Eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah, like listen a... to the vampire. And so, so I'm glad you brought that up. Count Chocula is obviously like a Dracula vampire. Yeah, one of the famous counts. Yes. Uh, Frankenberry is obviously Frankenstein, and Booberry is a ghost. But Kyle, did you know? Did you know that there used to be two other monster cereals? Whoa! So, what were they? As we know, Booberry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Mm-hmm. But the other two were Fruit Brute, which what? Fruit Brute. Oh. Which had a werewolf theme. That's um, and it was cherry flavored cereal. <laughs> With marshmallows. Hmm. I wonder why that one didn't work out. Yeah, and that has weird. been discontinued. It was introduced in 1974. Or just fruit, fruit? Like, that... <laughs> what is, what is a... Ch- you know, the other one, strawberry, blueberry, cherry. Like, it's got, like... What are cherries? What are, are cherries? Are they a berry? Oh, I don't know. They yeah? come from a tree. I yeah. think they're just a fruit, but it, it's like an odd You know what I'm saying? Like they're almost like nut. They're not a nut, but, like, they're almost, like, on a nut. Mm. You know? <laughs> Um, so Fruit Brute was introduced in 1974, discontinued in 1982. They temporarily relaunched it in 2013, which I wasn't aware of, and discontinued it in 2014. They must have released it like one year for Halloween or something, I don't yeah. know. And the, the fifth one, the fifth in the pantheon of monster cereals, Fruity Yummy Mummy. I think I remember, let me see the mummy's logo. Let me... I don't know. Well, let's see the years. Fruity Mummy Yummy was launched in 1987 and discontinued in 1992. So it is plausible that we would yeah. see that cereal. Our birth year to, yeah. And um, it was relaunched also in 2013. They, again, they must have done it some Halloween. It discontinued in 2014. What, I'm sorry, and what were those years was 87 and 92. What was the... Um... 74 to 82, so they didn't cross paths. No, and the that one had a longer lifespan. Yeah, and fruity, fruity, yummy, mummy. One adventure guest, and what was the flavor? Um, watermelon, orange cream. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure it tastes good. Yeah, cream's a little coarse cream. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, the tagline for Fruit Brute was the howling good taste of fruit. Mm. And the tagline for Fruity Yummy Mummy was, Fruity Yummy Mummy makes your tummy go yummy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> reaching for more here. Well, I see some that was, like, outside of the bag. So I'm like... You're just being, you know, you're just being helpful. I'm being considerate, yeah, like eating the dog hair in the last episode. <laughs> okay, Kyle, I got a surprise for you. Oh. Before the voting... A, a, a cereal box surprise? <laughs> yes, at the bottom of the box. Before the voting... While I was in Target picking out these cereals, there were two more cereals, not affiliated with the monster cereals. Okay. That were technically Halloween cereals. So they're going to join the ballot, too. Oh, God, why did you... you <laughs> I thought there you, were three. You're reaching, reaching for, for more and putting... <laughs> so, next week, guys, you want to check out the next segment for the mystery cereal that will be oh, featured. God. <laughs> As Kyle finishes his Count Chocolate, remember you can check his... Main show right now out, Foodie Films on cageclub.me, <laughs> cageclub.me, and, you know, all the great stuff on Foodie Films and stuff like this. And, you know, also <laughs> interviews with, with high-level chefs, but maybe, you know, this this, this is foodish 
too. You know, this is just as important in the food You universe. have way better ideas than me. This is so... <laughs> I should be doing stuff like this. this is in, I'm, yeah. I'm jealous. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. This has been so fun with Kyle, and guess what? It continues, and he's going to help us pick what our Halloween cereal is going to be this year. What cereal that us, the slumberers, are going to be eaten on Halloween morning after my cool, cool slumber party. So again, always a thank you to Kyle. But you know, there's a different reason we're here, too. I'm sure when you clicked on this episode title, you were like, what the hell is this? What the hell is Der Fan, a.k.a. The Fan? Well, it's a German film. And it's a German horror film. It's, honestly, I think it's awesome. And it's something where I totally, totally will give you a pass and understand if you were not able to do your homework this week because it's not the easiest film to find. But I think after listening to our conversation, and when I say our, my guest this week, is none other than a returning guest, Alexandra Schroeder. Alex Schroeder. She's been on for some very, 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 very interesting movies. And this one definitely belongs in the category of an Alex Schroeder high school slumber party movie. That is definitely sure. But this one, you know, not the easiest to find, like I was saying. But I think after you listen to our episode, you'll want to find it. Trust me. Just go on Amazon, guys. Order it. It's on Blu-ray and DVD. And I had a note here that I wanted to mention. So one of the reasons this film, like, carried on was because somehow the German copy was transferred to a Canadian copy. But in Canada, the film for years on VHS was called Trance. So maybe our Canadian slumberers are familiar with it as Trance. Perhaps? Maybe? Maybe not? Who knows? But... I've kept you way too long. So pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's. Because we're about to get our party on. Let's take it away with the music that charges this film. The band is Rheingold. The song is Fun Fun Fanatich. I hope I did not butcher that. Oh, and just a warning, we were recording during a torrential downpour, so if you hear a little pitter-patter on the roof, that's why. Class dismissed. Fine, fine, fanatics. We're tanzen out of 
the music in this film like has been in my head since I've seen this film. Yes. I feel like everything I've done has had this soundtrack in the background. <laughs> yes, 100%. When I was uh, on the train coming here, all in my head I just like heard do 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 perfect. Oh man. I mean, I feel like with you, it's always an interesting one. Mm-hmm. It's always one that breaks sort of boundaries here and there. <laughs> yes, this one did a little bit. Just a little bit. And th- yes, this one is no exception. The film is Dare Fan, or The Fan in English, mm-hmm. that far of a translation, from 1982. A pretty rare film. But before we get into it, I'd like to welcome you back, Alex, the Slumber Party. You've been on a number, a number of episodes now. Mm-hmm. And again, anyone familiar with your catalog here has had a certain range of your expertise and stuff like that. Last time we didn't do a murder film. Mm-mm. We're kind of back to it, but it's a little different. This is not like a real, but whatever. Yes, we'll get to um. that. <laughs> but um. Danka, Danka, love being here. <laughs> yes, I should say Alexander Schroeder. Schroeder, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you are not a native German. No, so. I'm not. Just My grandparents for- are. They're very cold. <laughs> <laughs> So you have German heritage, mm-hmm. but before any of that, I don't know if you remember how to introduce yourself on this show. Yes, my name is Alex Schroeder. I hail from Texas, where I was a rattler in high school, a uh, class of I forget because I had fun. <laughs> Go <laughs> rattlers. Go rattlers. And of course, this film is part of a series we're doing here in High School Slumber Party called Women in Horror. We're looking at a lot of different types of horror films, also ones that Maybe some are directed by women, maybe some are produced by women. Or this one in particular, it just has a very strong uh, female voice in terms of its main character, Simone, here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we're exploring it. But it's a pretty obscure film. Well, first of all, are you a fan of horror? Oh my gosh, yeah. That's literally all I watch. And that's year-round. Just lucky enough for it to be Halloween so it's not so creepy for me to <laughs> <laughs> interject with a horror film, and in not that it's bad, but Halloween keeps getting longer and longer in terms of the celebration of it. Oh yeah, no, I, I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it in any way, shape, or form. Which begs the question, Alex: What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, that's a really, really hard one. Uh, it is a newer one, and I would have to say it's Hereditary. Hereditary, that's a popular one these days. Yes, it, it, it's so good. It, it's either that one, or um, I would have to say. I really like Children of the Corn in so many ways. Yeah. So an old one and a new one. Yes. That, that gets your credibility up right there. Well, thank you. Well, Hereditary is one of these films that, I don't know, someone used a term for it the other day, and I can't remember what it was. But now there are horror films where they actually like really, really care about what they're doing, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's you know? almost like, like film noir, artsy... Yeah. Slow. Slow is a great word for it, yeah. but not in a bad way. No. They're just like, before it was just like, let's just kill people. Not every film, but that was like, the, I think, the most popular type of kind of horror film in terms right. of just like... Kind of straight to the point. Yes. Fun slashers. Let's not worry so much about the plot. Yeah. Now these are like deep, heavy, like theory films where you're like, right. oh, how did that happen? Like, right. You know? And it's like deepest fear too, you know? So I, I'm loving these new like, new wave of horror films that are coming out. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned new wave, because (laughs) I feel like films like this, these, like, experimental horrors of, like, the 70s and 80s, are really the precursor to what we're seeing today. For sure. While this film, again, this is 
if you want to talk about a slow build, like 99% of this is just like, <laughs> we're just psychologically going through this with this character. Yeah, you know, for most of it, for a good portion of it um, in the beginning, I was waiting for something to happen because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm so trained to think like, okay, boom, she's going to do something really crazy immediately where we already know what her mentality is. But it was more so of like, yeah, she was a little strange, but she was a huge fan and you know like you don't get to see just fans in just them in their own state when no one else is really yeah. around and so that was a really interesting look at no, it no I, I definitely thought so mm-hmm. um a little history maybe on how this film got selected the godfather himself joey lewandowski of the cage club podcast network owned this film i was over his house for something one day started mm-hmm. watching it. i'm like whoa this is interesting. Oh, I didn't finish it because I wanted to do it for the podcast. But in terms of like how we're even having access to this, it's not really a film you can stream or rent, unfortunately. No, I know. So I, sad. I've seen it online, but you know how those things are. They come and go. Right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but this was a film kind of rediscovered. It was more infamous in Germany, and we'll get into that in a second. But when it came out in 1982 in Germany, it wasn't terribly popular of a film. It kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Somebody rediscovered it in like the Austin film scene and was running it at festivals there. There you go. That makes sense. Mondo picked it up for like a DVD release or Blu-ray restoration. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how you can get it. You could just order it online. Um, but it might be worth it if you're into this kind of thing. I would say so. If you're a fan of horror and especially this like new age of yeah. horror, definitely grab this one. This one would be perfect in your collection. And not so much horror because I'm not a horror guy, though Though I'm starting to dip my toe in. Good, good, good. I've also dipped my toe throughout the years into German, I think it's called like German New Wave or New German Cinema. Interesting. Which, which is this type of movie, not necessarily in horror, but with other things. Like I love... Germany. I've been a million times. I have German friends. Mm-hmm. I love Berlin. So I've like occasionally looked into, especially like this West Berlin, East Berlin, West Germany, East Germany era. Yeah. So I've seen films not like this, but in this style, and I've always liked it. And it's always drawn me in. So I was super excited to see this one. But guys, I wouldn't, you know, it is your homework, but I'd understand if you've never seen uh, Der Fan. But I hope after listening to our conversation, maybe you'll be interested in seeing it. Yeah. So the back of the DVD, like I read every week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, right off the bat, I'll tell you, I did not agree with everything that they're saying here, but we'll get into it. Okay. Teenage Simone appears to be like any other young pop fan, but soon her fixation on the band's leader, R, <laughs> takes over her life. She walks out of school, breaks off with her friends, and parents, and somehow finds herself waiting for her idol as he appears on a TV show. Simone wants nothing more than to love and be loved by R, but he uses her with machine-like coldness. When he walks out on her to join his friends, she plots revenge. She plans the ultimate sacrifice of her god at the altar of madness, a ceremony that is exalted and romantic as it is horrible and wonderful. So, th- huh. so my big thing there is like, and maybe this is a criticism of the film. I don't know if there's so much of a plot to kill him. It kind of just no. happens. No, I know no, we're no. skipping ahead, but I think that's misleading there. Yeah, n- in no way was did I feel like she was going to meet R specifically to kill him. There was no intent. Yeah, and, and I think that's super misleading. This summary would make it seem like 
uh, she was jilted early on. Yeah. So she's plotting her revenge to kill him, and that's the movie. When really, like, it just describes the last fifteen minutes there. Right. That doesn't make any. <laughs> yeah. So no. I think that's super misleading. If you go in thinking it's going to be something like that, like a suspense thriller like that, it is not. It is something completely different. And the last line of the back of the DVD says, "The fan." is a shocking and controversial film which has never been previously released in the U.S. And I think that's important that's cool. because, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super rad. So um, when you were in high school, mm-hmm. I hope not to this level, but even younger, <laughs> did you have any uh, people, like celebrities you really liked or idols? or Gosh, Were no. you the girl with the Johnny Depp posters in her oh, room? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I always... I always like, I've always been the kind of person that empathizes with people to to a pretty high extent. And so I always saw, like, those, like, super stardom, super fandoms as really, really silly. And even when going to CrimeCon, which I have the past two mm-hmm. years, you know, going and meeting these people that I think are amazing, I still, like approach them cautiously hello may i may i say hello to you like it, it's never been like oh my gosh like running up to them kind so of nancy thing. grace has nothing to worry about from you no she does not but she is welcome to my house anytime that she wants that would be fine no but i you know i was never into like a super frenzied like stars in my eyes kind of thing. I, I mean, I loved Kevin from the Backstreet Boys. When I was, <laughs> yeah, I was really gonna say little. that was gonna be my next question. But right, come on. Like, he was Boys definitely a hardcore crush, but, but I never really had any like posters or anything like that. To be honest, I was very boring. Such an old soul. <laughs> I'm sure you knew people who did, though. I yeah. certainly did. Not again. Not to this level. I hope not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mother used to tell me growing up she had a friend or someone she knew at least who was like really into Michael Jackson. Who Ooh. would say like, "Oh, w- when I meet Michael, this is gonna happen"? Or that's oh, that's so funny. That kind of reminded me of this, and we see it—not we see it firsthand, but I'm sure you hear about it happening all the time with celebrities and creepy stalker-like people. But I, I think a key question in this film, though, <clears throat> is we can answer it any way we want. But like, mm-hmm. is this on her? Is this on him? Yes, we can actually have a long conversation. About that. And again, I think it's the conversation that the filmmaker uh, intended. I don't know if these interviews were done in German or in English, but Vice actually did an article on this film. Really? And we're able to pull quotes from the director. His name was Eckert Schmidt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eckert Schmidt. <laughs> and one of the quotes that like stuck out to me was this. For me... Again, I'm not going to do the fake German accent. You should. <laughs> no, I, it's okay. I'm not going to insult. It's allowed. Maybe by the end of this, maybe maybe a beer or two in, I might be doing oh, yeah. it, but not right now. Prost. <laughs> For me, one of the most important eras was punk and new wave. Mm. The whole punk movement. I created a magazine at the time called Die Sau. <laughs> a lot of cutting-edge musicians wrote for it, like David Byrne of the Talking Heads, <laughs> Devo, Pat, and Patti Smith. The story of Durfan began in the magazine as a diary of a young girl. I can only think like a girl. I can't think like a man. I was a journalist for the... I'm not going to try. I'll try. Fine. Okay, just try. Sudendeutsch Zeitung back then. And I wrote a long article about the fan cult around a big TV music show. That was the background for Durfan. Mm, That's cool. Yeah. I love that, actually. I'm getting into that. Oh, yeah. I'm like super into that. I'm going to find that. It's incredible. 
so yeah i mean he clearly like he had a vision Mm-hmm. It would get sidetracked a little bit, I think, because there was a little controversy around this film, as you might imagine. <laughs> he, oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and the controversy actually started, I, I suppose, or it just is because the lead actress, she was 14, I believe, at the time. Shut up. Yeah. She was younger than I thought she was. She was 14 or 15. I don't want to quote. However, I want to cl- um, put something on this debate that might. Now, I don't know if it changed things in terms of creepy level, but in terms of legal level, the age of consent in Germany is like 13, 14. Yeah. So that's, that's like... <laughs> yeah. Cause I did like look it up. I couldn't find her age at the time, but I was assuming that she was like a very thin 16 year old. And I was like, Oh, you know, it, at the time it was this. So it's no, okay. Yeah. And, she and she's actually... an actress. So it's like under like art laws, maybe or something. And I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it, it gets but a little was, weird at times. Yes. But she's actually a teenager, yes. And uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. plays Simone. And at the time, she was a barely known pirate radio DJ. That's so cool. While this movie was getting like finished, you know, she'd read the script. She'd never done anything like it. She enjoyed it. But while it was getting finished, she started to get a little bit more fame. And she became petrified. This is from what I gather, mm-hmm. right? Like, I could be completely wrong, because, again, I don't speak German, and I can't read, like, exact right, testimony. Right. She started to get, like, petrified of the idea that she was a rising star, and there was a film of her like this, where she's, again, completely naked, and... Like, for most of the end For most of, of it, yeah. So, there is some justification with her maybe trying to stop the release of this film. And that gained more press than the film itself. Oh, that sucks. So... You know, I see both sides of it. I can say, though, that according to everything I read, her and the director are friends now. That's like, good. they've gotten past that. So she became, like, one of the top TV presenters in Germany for, like, 10 mm-hmm. or 20 years. So her career was not hurt by this film at all. Right. And I think at the end of the day, if she was happy with her work and she's happy with it now, then all good. I don't think we have to feel as icky as it was if she was just like, I was made to do things I didn't want to do. Right. Which I never read that anywhere, to be no. fair. Yeah. I think I think it's, again, the main thing was like, oh no, like people are going to trade on this if I... Everyone's going to yeah. see me like this and they're going to judge me maybe. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. Understandable. Uh, I forgot her name, but like in the Romeo and Juliet movie, I think they made in the 70s, um, the actress was like pretty young mm-hmm. and she went topless and... Her, oh, yeah. ca- her career apparently was never able to able to recover, for whatever reason, fair or unfair. Um, people enjoyed it in the movie, but it, like almost typecasted her. I don't know. I don't know how that oh. stuff works, but I think that was a fear of a lot of women at the time, and uh, maybe understandably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can totally understand that for sure. But even in this film, though, now looking back after like I got over what I saw for like the five <laughs> seconds that I watched it, um, that one scene I kind of was. Like, fast-forwarded through a little bit of it. It made sense for her to be nude towards that end part of, yeah. of that whole exchange with them in in that sweet-ass penthouse. No, no. I, I don't think it was... I think it completely fit the genre. It completely fit the film. And I don't think it was just like... Yeah, is it a little exploitative? Maybe, but it wasn't... But it wasn't icky. It wasn't Things like, built to that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like, just when it was starting, I was like... Oh, that's a kid, like you know, and I was like, oh no, and I was like, wait a second, take a breath, check some stuff out. Okay, I get it, it's fine. And I just want to clarify. I think I mentioned fourteen before. She was sixteen when it was released, so okay, not that that like helps that. But I mean, but but those are like fourteen-year-old 
body parts, I'm yes. saying, though. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, man. That's still so good. But that, but another thing also on uh, the back of the case that um, you, you were saying was that he turned cold on her, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the English dub just so I can actually, like, I could watch it and not have to, like, read the subtitles. Oh, I'm, gotcha. I didn't even know I'm it dumb. had that. Oh, yes. It, oh, it took me a little bit. It took me a little bit to find that. I was just reading. Wow. Oh, no, I got to no. rewatch it with the dub. I'm curious. Oh, it's amazing, actually. It's really good. <laughs> he, like, offered to buy her a ring and stuff and said, I'll be back in two months because I have to go on tour or something. That was the English dub. So it's not like he was saying, mm. like, I'm done with you. See you later. Like, lock up when you leave. Like, no, I mean, I think maybe we can infer that perhaps it was a line that he might have given other people, but he wasn't, like... Oh. It all happened very fast, you know? Well... I think the back implies that it's, like, over time, like... Oh, like a few days, or... No, I mean, because, like, the whole plotting her revenge and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to see, like, if he's sincere or not. I mean, well... I don't know if it's the actor or the actor's choice, but the guy had, like, fish face the whole time. So, interesting fact about the guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Very new wave, very German. Extremely. <laughs> um, um, his yeah. name was, I don't know if it's his real name, but mm-hmm. Bobo Steiger. Yeah. I couldn't find anything on him. He apparently is actually the lead singer of Rheingold, the band who does the music in the film. Oh, serious? So, oh. that's what I read in one place. Oh, okay. I couldn't find anything in the... But, like, it, it's pretty consistent. Because mm-hmm. that, like, song, When He's the Mannequin, he actually wrote that. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> okay? That is weird. So, That's very I mean, pudding. It was perfect. Usually we go through the cast, but I'm just going to say a bunch of names I'm mispronouncing that no one knows. It's okay. I think those two are the most important, R and Simone. Mm-hmm. Then there's Mutter and Vater. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the parents look pretty young to me, like... A, yeah. But, you know, she's young, so I guess that makes sense. And this is the time when people are having kids in their 20s, so... Yeah, it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's let's get into this film, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned this music and how it just pulsates throughout. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll probably play some tracks... Please. ...like, during this, because... Whew. And most of it, we're hearing just, like, her voice through, whether it's letters or just talking. Lieber Al... Ich konnte die Sendung nicht ganz sehen, weil ich mit meinen Eltern gestritten habe. Ich schreibe dir noch einmal alles, was ich dir geschrieben habe. Es könnte sein, dass du darauf wartest, von mir zu hören, den Mund zu dir halten, wenn du arm und unbekannt wärst. There's very little dialogue in this entire film. Right. In terms of back and forth dialogue. And it starts with just like a series of letters to R, this musician she loves. And she becomes so obsessed that she ends up skipping school. She lives in, I wrote it's called Ulm, or Ulm, I don't know, U-L-M is like her town. Yeah. And uh, it's a city, but it's not the biggest city. I don't Mm -hmm. know, it was like the Cleveland of West Germany at the time, I'm not sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) She'll occasionally have these fantasies. We see her in school, but she is so single-minded in this film. Friends are, like, I don't know about friends, there's like this guy who's into her. Yeah, I, I mean, I did <laughs> I not think, at right? all get any kind of like actual relationship in terms of back and forth. I th- yeah, I think because <laughs> she's so obsessed that we're like we're not supposed to. We're just supposed to be like these people are like trying to care about her in some way, right. but it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. 
Come to think of it, and I know this is a podcast, not visual. That guy on you, similar fashion taste. He was the guy on me. Yeah. That oh, guy, I know. He was also wearing a lot of denim. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I walk into uh, Brian's apartment, and I'm wearing my denim jeans, my mom jeans, and my denim jacket. And of that's course. pretty much what he was wearing. That yeah. Guy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just my uniform. But uh, I oh, think yeah. you could have fit I well mean, in this West German society. One hundred percent. No, honestly, like everything that she was wearing, I was like, oh, I can, I can rock with that. I can do that. I loved like the shots of just like like being like her with like that thin headband and like, oh hell like, yeah like, they were just like so cool looking. Oh, I I had to uh, I had to talk to my mom. I had to have my mom talk me out of getting that haircut the other day. <laughs> I'm not shitting I you like either. I like that haircut. I don't know I'm if not... I could pull it off. Maybe I could try. I don't know. But <laughs> I I think I could very well fit into the early '80s just in general. I think so. Yeah, I love the fashion, man. I mean, it's it was amazing. again, especially like that. This like German interpretation of, of that like Western style, like it just it's it's so cool. It was so like, this cool. is a cool. It's such a simple movie, but it's such a cool visual movie. Not in terms of like, you know, beautiful sunsets and, and no. action sequences. Just like, I don't know. Just cool fashion yeah. and just like buildings, and the extras the were extra, incredible. The, the looks on people's faces, I love. Like, they were so good. <laughs> they were so emotive and. Awards, accolades, accolades to those people. <laughs> I guess, you know, the big, um, like, inciting thing is, like, she, again, keeps writing these letters, and yes. she's not getting a response. Well, I mean, <laughs> how could, I mean, she's, of course, like, what, she's supposed to be a young teen. How could she honestly expect him to write back? <laughs> I mean, she's that obsessed, though, and that's why I think there's something, like, wrong with her. She's not just a fan. She's, like thinking that there's a relationship. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What I believe from other quotes I pulled, that the director was trying to kind of, like, have us question, like, like, is it both their faults? Whose fault really is it? Like, is it also, like, this pop society they created? Yeah. I mean, you know, this isn't really a scene-by-scene film, because yeah. it's just in these letters. I mean, we can talk about the beginning again, like her getting kicked out of school, or when she's writing these letters. I, I love... Like, her going to the post office every day, and it even becomes a joke within the post office. I mean, I would be right there alongside <laughs> them, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, actually, I was watching the uh, Surviving R. Kelly documentary, mm. and they talk about how young girls and pop music or rock has always been a steady stream right alongside each other. And so I feel like always the adult is to blame and there's also just like that mentality of I'm a rock star, I can do what I want, I can get what I want, kind of thing. Almost, almost serendipitously, I guess. Maybe not. I guess that's not a great word for it. I was uh, having dinner with a friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about podcast. He turned me on to a podcast called Slow Burn. Oh, okay. Um, and it, it's the first season was about Nixon, but I skipped. I wanted to listen to the second season because he's telling me it was good. Mm-hmm. Which was about like the Clinton Lewinsky uh, scandal. What was oh, just like about? I don't know. I think political scandals or something. Oh, but, okay. I mean, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty great podcast, and the whole Clinton Lewinsky thing, like it asks similar questions in terms of. I mean, for years, people were like, oh, you know, let's not get into the president's sex life or whatever, which is fine. Like I agree with. Mm-hmm. But then there's also that element, like now as like. I call myself an adult. I am an adult, but sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but as, now as an adult, and I think about, like, she, like Monica Lewinsky was, like, a 24-year-old. 
woman. Yeah, wo- woman, and it's like yeah, it's 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 weird. I guess it's like it's like that power can make people uh, like other people feel lesser than, which can kind of diminish. Yeah. A, a, but you know, reasoning she, maybe. And she she wanted a life together. She wanted uh you know there's a lot of interviews and a lot of stuff. And she wanted so much, and she thought like they really cared about each other. And again, he's never going to reveal. Bill Clinton's never going to reveal what he felt. I don't want to like get political here, but I think what was so remarkable too is that he was under fire for a lot of other scandals before he decided to pursue this affair. And I think just that like that power especially like from a man in power like it, it almost makes you feel immortal it seems like you know you're yeah. just, just going to continue your thing and i think uh r here what's a, what's a weird like name yeah it's like a letter r r, r. i am r <laughs> i think r here um while he has his like concerns over his music i think he just like when it comes to this girl it wouldn't surprise me if like Simone was not his first that this oh, no. has happened, you know? He has a different girl every month kind of thing, <laughs> for sure. And, like, he knows what he's doing, and he doesn't think it's ever going to, like, get back to him because he's, he's a star. And he's R, yeah, he's, he's R. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, no, I, I think this film really explores, like, the patriarchy and just elements of just power and, mm-hmm. like, just blindly following it. And there's something I was going to ask you. But first, let's talk, like, so... When her letter's not answered, she rationalizes, she, like, runs away from home or is kicked out, one or the other, I can't... Uh, no, she runs away, okay, okay. I believe, yeah. They have a little argument, I wasn't sure exactly Yeah, what but I mean, <laughs> as a teen, who didn't, you know? No, she definitely runs away, I felt like. By the way, a really quick segue, <laughs> don't you love that one pan of her bedroom, uh, like, seeing all the posters of art oh, and everything, yeah. and then you see this huge black and white photo of people hiling. Do you remember that? So there were, a, and I'll, we'll get to this towards the end. Okay. Sorry. There were a lot of, no, 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 I apologize, because I'm glad you, you noticed that, because I noticed some as well. There were a lot of allusions to Nazis and stuff like that. His outfits. And that was done on purpose. Okay. His outfits. Also, if you notice, like her backpack has like the SS or something that looks like the SS symbol. Oh, It's like two that. arrows that go like that. And right. uh, there's a reason for this, and okay, the director okay, okay. explains it. Um, but like, like, let's, even though I got into the Bill Clinton thing, I'm not comparing Bill Clinton to a Nazi guy. No, no, no. no. (laughs) But let's, let's keep the, uh, politics towards the end because there's a, there's a really good, uh, explanation I think the director has. And something I noticed as well, and I had questions on, but eventually, you know, she hitchhikes to Munich Mm -hmm. and we see this like power dynamic there as well because the people who pick her up are mostly older men with power. And one of them tries to rape her. So gross. Yeah. Anyone trying to rape someone is gross. Yeah. But that scene was, like, super gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Luckily, she escapes the situation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a long scene. So no, no, no. No one's no. going to be, you know... No, what I did that. like about this film is while, yes, they drag things out, mm-hmm. people have said this online, that this is almost, except for, like, the end, but pretty much a bloodless horror. Yeah. Like, there could have been so much more violence and gore Mm-hmm. Especially considering what she does at the end, and we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Even there, it's not as like, look, it's gross, but it's not like squirting everywhere. Or... Right. It's not. It's not like over the top. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, blood and arteries and all of it. Yeah. And, and I think it's great because that rape scene, or it doesn't actually happen, but the attempted rape scene, mm-hmm. it's able to convey such ickiness without us visually seeing the ickiness. Right. Right. I. 
I, I almost said I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, you, no, I, no, no, I did not. What you meant. No, yes, but I, but I was just like, huh. Yeah, I appreciated it. Like I appreciated yes. that way of doing things. Yeah, for sure. When she gets to Munich, I think before on the TV she saw that he was like performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at like on the, whatever some TV station. On, yeah, on the yeah. on the TV. Top of pops or something. <laughs> top pop. Top yeah, pop. Top pop. Top pops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And so she waits outside, and there's another kind of matinee idol who shows up, and all mm-hmm. the girls are like trying to get his autograph. Yeah. And you know he brings a girl in, mm-hmm. so she kind of sees, oh, that's possible. But then a woman who's a pop star comes in, and nobody really wants her autograph. Right. So I was trying to figure out what the director was trying to say with that. Maybe maybe look at it as in, like, this woman looks a little bit older. She she was smartly dressed. Mm-hmm. Almost like as if she was, like, a talk show host. Like, maybe. Like Sally, Sally Jesse, <laughs> Raphael kind of thing. And But then you have, like, pop stars come in, which were obviously on, like, their version of Teen Beat magazine. So it's, like, less of the thoughtfulness yeah. of being, like, oh, wow, that's that amazing woman who does amazing interviews. Oh, my gosh, that's the guy that gyrates on stage. <laughs> you know, it's like that. I maybe. know it's trying to say something about, like, that has know, men and it. women and power and the dynamic there. Yeah. Well, um, well sex is power, maybe. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of that here, but what an what an interesting film. Yeah, this is really a good one. Um, anything else before they get actually acquainted that you wanted to mention? Um, no. There's just like good. interesting little yeah. beats. Like one thing I don't think they address is like when she she doesn't really like leave with clothes, so she's wearing the same thing for the rest of the film. Yeah, which is fine. She looks awesome. I, she looks great, but she I'm has like, those sweet leather pants. I'm like she must be smelly. Like I didn't see her take a oh, shower. Oh yeah. Unless like she did see like skinny dippers in the park. Oh, that's maybe that that's, was kind of random. Yeah, that was one of the few like random things. Yeah, you just know? like here we are taking off our shirts. Yeah. We're gonna go into the pool. <laughs> like, I'm so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, I'm that not sure what you're trying strange. to say there, but maybe, it's, maybe it's like welcome to the city of sin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and I actually was fine with that. I was like, okay, cool. Like this is like a big city where anything goes. Yeah. Maybe. Even though you and I, maybe we can't like put our finger on exactly what it meant, mm-hmm. we know it was there to mean something, not just yeah. like, let's see some tits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the last movie we talked about, which was, which was that. mostly that, yeah. <laughs> Summer School Teachers, guys, is in the archives. You want to check that out. So good. So good. <laughs> so, you know, let's get into like when the plot really kicks in here when mm-hmm. she actually meets R. Um, and she meets him and she's starstruck. She does not know what to say. Which is amazing. Which is like how I would assume I would be. If I was like that obsessed with somebody <laughs> and then finally being next to me. To her luck, I mean, I guess she, I guess she passes out, right? Yeah. She wakes up, up in the studio and he's just like, yeah, which is like over her. Which like is kind of like her. creepy sign number one from R. Like, so they should just seek medical attention. They'll be like, oh, I'll wake up over her and she's hot. So she should gets like this it. treatment. Yeah. I'm sure if some dorky guy passed out, he wouldn't be like over her, or yeah. over him. Like, just are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> 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 top yeah. pop that's what top i wrote in my pop. notes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah she wakes up and r is like straight up right over her and is like you fell asleep or you passed yeah. out or, like, <laughs> like, you want to see the studio <laughs> okay i gotta ask in the dub was it like german accents in the dub or was it just like no it was like kind of english new like england British? no not like br- well it, it's like it's like um Oh, what, what did they call it? Neutral American accent. Oh, really? Yes. It was kind of neutral American. <laughs> I can't even picture that. It's really I cool. I gotta watch that. No, no, it was... It was like, it, hi, I'm R. 
Well, kind of, <laughs> but not like that. Not like, hello, how are you today? <laughs> like, I see your leather pants. Would you like to take them off in my bus? <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, are you all right? Like, yes, I believe I am fine. Like, like, it's like that. Oh, man, I got to watch this. Again. Yeah, do do that. It's going to be, trust me, it's going to be so, so great. So at the TV studio, we get like a real sense of the dynamics in ours world. Mm-hmm. And she just... I think she just sees him as like an artist who's like making like brave decisions. Yes, very brave decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but really, no. I mean, like anyone with a rational brain would be like, yeah, this guy's like a big baby, you know. I didn't. I didn't get that. I just saw him as like somebody who was very, very full of himself. That's like, what. Yeah. Him, that's what I meant. Just art. like, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, here I, I am. <laughs> I, I need to go put on my ball cap for this. Yeah. <laughs> you will be blown away. Well, yeah. No, brain. when he makes that performance, I didn't quite understand well that's the thing too is like that whole scene which i thought was super neat that whole uh tv show what it seems like is that they film music videos specifically for that tv show maybe yeah and and there's a precedent to that like i know in england they would do this a lot like if you look on youtube a lot of performances it's almost akin to like saturday night live Mm -hmm. here like they have a theme yeah, they like the earlier music videos. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's just like that one was freaky as hell. Right, because they're just like random mannequins, and then this guy, like he doesn't step out necessarily, but the, like, the lights come on, mm-hmm. and he has this bald cap that is poorly done on him, and he's just <laughs> standing there like, what's this? I mean, obviously I'm not going to remember the words, but it's like... Were the words dubbed in English? No, oh, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I, I spent so long trying to find the soundtrack to so this So that too. song, mm-hmm. I believe, is the only song I found like on like streaming. Really? Because it's called like Fan Fan Fanich, something like that. which we you know we both had to watch mm-hmm. obviously on the dvd slash blu-ray yeah. this is music by ryan gold and i was okay. like oh this must be easy to find ryan gold nope nope <laughs> nope so i don't know someone must have uploaded it somewhere but yeah it's tough to find music but that song in particular was just re- very creepy <laughs> yeah like all of his stuff is very creepy like because they had shown uh i guess like a quote music video or something of him earlier in the film uh, that that uh, Simone was watching. And it's him just standing there, staring dead eye yes. into the camera yes. lens and singing that song, which I love, by the way. I really <laughs> want to download I would have paid for it, too. And it's just like him just standing there with his hands in his pockets. I'm like, this is boring. What is this? How lame. But, like, it works so well with, like, the sound and, like, the minimalism. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> a couple things. I, I tried to look up. <laughs> the music just maybe like on youtube uh-huh and just one of the first searches was their fan 1982 leather compilation yes <laughs> i need to see what that is 
uploaded by Leather Girls. I love those pants. So it's literally just seems like all the leather scenes in the film as we watch it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm fast forwarding. I guess, yeah, the, best, the best leather moments of this film. She looks amazing. Oh, like, this, what an outfit. Oh, those are my friends. Oh, yes, when she... That's what my friends look like. <laughs> it is Yeah, tr- there you go. It is true. Like, she... <laughs> yes. <laughs> she would fit in very well in mm-hmm. Brooklyn today. Oh, we forgot to talk about it as we, like, go through this leather thing. Her, like... There's, like, an assistant... Who tries to oh, yeah. protect him? Bless her heart. Okay. Like she's supposed to be the bad guy, but like but she's not. we know, like she's not at all. Well, because she kept staring at Simone, and at first mm-hmm. I thought, like, oh, she's jealous, she's jealous. And the girl probably knows, like, oh, this poor yeah. little baby doll is gonna just get her heart torn out, and I'm just looking at her with dis like disdain. <laughs> I'm just like I break every time. It's you know? a lose lose. Mm-hmm. Like from that assistant's perspective, yeah. Because not only does she feel bad probably for Simone, but she also like knows that once R gets involved in this, he goes on a little like stupid sojourn. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing anything for a week, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, yeah. And she has just like all the best intentions, mm-hmm. but there's no way that we as the audience can, like, see it from that perspective, because we followed Simone's journey this entire time. Right, right. Like, I don't know, while I'm watching, am I, am I rooting for Simone to get with R? Like, like I don't know. I mean, in the beginning, yes, because I was like, <laughs> where's the story going? Yeah, I, I, that's I, fair. I need, I need, like, that's you know... That's fair. Yeah, I need something to happen. <clears throat> I get why um, someone might put this on at a party. Yeah. Because when you first watch it, you're trying to figure it out. Uh, to be honest with you, the first time I saw, or the first time I saw it, like beginning to end, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. But then I kept thinking about the music over the, like a couple days. Yeah. And I kept thinking about like it stuck with me. Yeah. A lot of times I do this podcast and I have to take a lot of notes, and not because the films are bad or anything, but like I just need to remember if I'm discussing it. Mm-hmm. This film, I'm, I haven't referred to my notes once. I don't think. I didn't write any notes because I like when I watched it. Yeah, all the way through, I was like, I remember everything. It's in there. It's like it's like one of those tunes that gets stuck in your mm-hmm, head. That's mm-hmm. just what this movie is. You just it's, it's in there. It's in there. It's so similar to the music in mm-hmm. a weird way. Just like the bomb, bomb, yeah, bomb. That's <laughs> great. So as we know, our I don't want to say seduces her because she's been seduced. Yeah, like. It Wait, was, yeah. He didn't have to do anything. It's fine. <laughs> no, so he's like, oh, we're going to go somewhere. And I think it's, I, I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere romantic, maybe. But it's just like an apartment that he says it's his friends. And they're not there. Yeah, they're not there. And I, come on, it's not his friends. He has the key. He says she could stay as long as she wants. Yeah. Like, this is like his, like, sex, sex apartment. Pad. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty cool. It's very, very 80s West German. Oh, yes. Well, I loved it. I thought it was precious. How about, again, the bedroom that has just, like, random fabrics coming from the Everything ceiling? Everything was precious but that. Uh, that <laughs> was, was say, like, was a your sex opinion dungeon. On that? Yeah. No, I'm sure in the closet, if you opened it up, there weren't any clothes in there. <laughs> there was, like, gross sex stuff in there. No, gross absolutely German not. Gross German sex stuff. It didn't seem like there was much 
things in there to live, you know? No. So if she actually wanted to stay there long, she'd have to go grocery shopping and... <laughs> like, go to H&M, like, go buy some well, clothes. Well, we find out later she didn't need to go grocery shopping for food or anything, but... <laughs> she did not. Oh, I love the way you did that, too. That's amazing. Uh, so, they finally have their... I mean, they have, like, they had a couple kiss moments before. Yeah. But they finally have their uh, love scene, and... It's yes. You use the air quotes. Because, yeah, sorry. Because when you get to this scene, it's um. I don't think the director makes any qualms about. Well, yeah, she not that she's not into it. She definitely seems like a kid. Like she doesn't seem like not a kid, kid, but like she seems naive. Naive, yes, yeah. naive. That's a great word for 100%. it. One hundred percent. And you're like, oh, and it gives you like an icky feeling. Yeah, that was so. It was so hard to watch that. But you got some. Hardcore Bush. Hard. Hardcore. <laughs> throughout all of it to where, like, towards the end, I was just like, I've seen it. I'm bored of it now. I'm bored of her her Bush now. Um, Other than that, Yeah, though. no, that was so intense. And, like, I was like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to. And then they're doing it. Yeah. But it's, like, almost a graphic sex scene. Yeah. I, I thought so. It, I mean, it was. It was. But, yeah. But it was graphic, but it didn't feel exploitative. It felt no. more, like, realistic. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's what bugged me about it. That's what bugged yeah. me about it. Which is, even, that it was very which realistic. is even worse. And just, like, a side note on this, like, in terms of, like, their age difference. Yeah. He, R is not the first, like, male musician to, like, take on teenage groupies. No. One of the weird things about, like, Almost Famous... Mm-hmm. Um, a film we'll, we'll probably cover on the show, but I've covered on P.S. I Love Hoffman, oh. is, like, Penny Lane in that, um, Kate Hudson's character, is supposed to be, like, 16 or 17. Yeah. She's, and, like, young. And the young musician AF. is supposed to be probably not too far from R's age. Right. It makes sense. It doesn't seem the same in that film because it's a very different well, film. Well, because it's Kate Hudson. <laughs> That's, yeah. And it's different. Yeah, it's not played by someone who's actually that age And she's, age like, as what, well. like, 20-something in <laughs> Probably, real life. Probably, yeah. And even, like, I was watching, like, Walk the Line the other day. Interesting. And, like, when they're showing Johnny Cash having affairs, the, like, first major affair he has, and look, I didn't see a birth certificate or anything, but he's, <laughs> he, he's playing, like, at a high school, and then, like, a high school girl, like, comes to the back, and... Yeah. I mean, like, these things happened. It wouldn't shock me if they still happen. Oh, of course they do. Come um, on. Of but course I, they But I think it's one of these things, like, that's... If you're a teen idol, your main audience mm-hmm. are these teenage girls. And right. I'm sure people do things like that. Yes. That doesn't make it right. No, I think it just not. makes it realistic and a little bit more chilling. Right, 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 right. And then for them to be, yeah, A, so naive, B, really no responsibilities... See, brains are not at all developed. Like, <laughs> no. you know, it's like at the whim of these adults too. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, icky bicky. But yeah, so the sex scene happens, which changed my life. <laughs> and then he promptly starts dressing, and I think she's shocked by that. Naive. Naive. Yeah, like no, that, but that's really what it comes from. Because I think she just thought, like, when I finally have sex with our it's just going to be like a happily ever after thing. Do you even think that she thought they were going to have sex? Maybe even not, you know. Because, yeah, when he came into the bedroom, when she was like snooping around the house, I guess, she immediately kind of went into the fetal position. 
Do you remember that? Yeah. Ooh, and that was so. That was odd. so weird. And I was like, no, they're not. Like, this is not gonna happen. Okay. Yeah. Let's just... No, no, no. I mean, this... we can move away. No, from that, but this is it's... an important part of the film, and it's just something where it's like, yeah. But she doesn't seem like bothered that they did it necessarily. She just think I think she thinks it's just like part of the motions of loving and living your life with mm-hmm. R from now on. And well, I th- yeah. at one point she's like when he's putting his clothes on and he's clearly over it. Yeah, it's just so um, whether again, maybe he sees her as something he can go back to. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. He told That's her unclear. He can, she can stay there, yeah. Yeah. But it's clear that he's not like in love and it's like a romance. No. <laughs> and she can see that too. Because he's fighting with his managers, mm-hmm. and then he's like, you know, maybe I should go back. They're like my friends. And, yeah, which and, I get. Yeah, and they, you know, they kind of know it's right for me. It's true that he's trying to finish his album. You know. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> stuff to do. Like he has like bills and stuff to pay. I'm sure. So he realizes that, and when these like predator situations, I mean, maybe that's like, extreme. I don't know, but like in these kind of situations, mm-hmm. you know, there's always like feeding into the into the delusion mm-hmm. to like compromise her, I suppose. Yeah. I'm sure, again, he's had other people, other young girls in this situation, and maybe he's had to do a little bit more convincing than, like he, as you said, he didn't have to do really anything with Simone. Yeah. But (laughs) in this particular case, like, it hits her hard. But not in a way, again, she's not plotting. I hate that part. No, she's not. Like, there was nothing in the, the first half that made me think, yeah. Like, this is what she wants to do. No. No, because she wants to, like, live a life with him yeah. and be with him. She can't believe in the beginning, like, why she hasn't seen his letters. Oh, there's that great moment where she says, uh, you haven't been getting my letters, but I imagine it was, like, the assistant who yeah, was yeah, hiding yeah. them, you know? Yeah. And he, he doesn't disagree with it because he knows, like, yeah, yeah, let me play along, you know? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, and he goes, like, yeah, I probably did. Yeah. Like, oh, you asshole. <laughs> Which, again, as... <laughs> older people were certainly older than Simone like we could see all these signs you know for sure oh my gosh even up from like a year ago you know what I mean I'm now seeing the signs I'm like no baby don't do it no Simone get out of there yeah but yeah I mean she's absolutely devastated when he he isn't as into her as yeah she is into him and she sees that though that's I think when reality hits yeah, and I mean, long story short, she impales him with in one hit with like a statue thing, which is amazing. I did not see that coming. No, I didn't at either. All I didn't either. And that's again, that's why there's no plotting here. It was so sudden. Yes, and that's what I loved about it, though. I found myself jumping up literally from my couch, going, "Yeah!" Because you know, it <laughs> finally happened. Not that I was, I was no, excited I know. that someone had died. But just like, there it is, man. There it is. I saw a review, and it wasn't necessarily a bad review, but uh-huh. it says, this is defined as a horror film, but on your first watch, you'll be questioning, how is this a horror film? Yeah. Until that moment. For sure. And then you're like, oh. And it's good. <laughs> it, it is really good. It's like that sweet release. It is. You know, it's that sweet release. But yeah, she picks that thing up and just, it, it's a beautiful statue as well. It's like a woman holding a ball, you know, as if to... Like she's like taking it from God or something. Yeah. And she just shoves that thing. It's almost like an award, you know. I don't yeah. know if it is because I don't know if R deserves an award. But, but it looks very similar to that one award with the the wings, the woman with the wings. Yeah, I think the... that's an Emmy. An Emmy. Sure. Yeah. But it, it is like you know I don't know 
Maybe in Germany that is actually an award, and it's more like a poetic thing. Yeah, we just don't know. Basically, it has like one arm that juts out, I mm-hmm. think. And mm-hmm. It goes straight into his skull. It, like, and at first, you're not sure if there. he just was like knocked out or... Right, because he's just standing there. Yeah. And it's very quiet, mm-hmm. and there's no blood. There's just only a little bit mm-hmm. when she like eventually like... And again, I've been out. like doing a lot of like slasher films and just like watching them just... To, again, dip my toe into the blood, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And normally people will take that opportunity to just like, oh, splatter, squirt. And I'm yeah. not saying, look, there's merit in that too, but this, the subtlety of this is so, what makes it amazing. They just hold on it, you know? Right. You're like, oh my God. Oh, so good. And the fact that she's not freaking out. That's... She's not like, oh my God, what have I done? Right. Well, that's the thing though, is when that happened, I was like, yeah, why isn't she freaking out? And there are little signs that she is a little nutso, though, throughout the film, because I don't know if you remember this. Is that a, is that a medical term, nutso? Yes, nutso. <laughs> that's, that's a true crime term. Um, <laughs> it's in all the books. When she arrives at the apartment uh, with R, she goes to the bathroom, and she like starts wiping her face all over the mirror, like yeah, all strangely. Just like, yeah, I yeah, like she shot. like she doesn't like hit her face hard. No. But she like just presses like her face onto the it, yeah. yeah, and just like starts smearing it. I'm like, oh, what is she doing? And she's like, I guess trying to like feel everything around the place because it's, it's odd. all I don't it's know. Odd. But yeah, she has done little things that have been odd up until that point. So I was like, oh, yeah, she's a little she's a little creepy for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then. Uh... Ooh, ooh. <laughs> it then, gets then we get to the stuff. It gets creepier. <laughs> yeah. Now, what does she exactly do first? Uh, she uh, nude Simone. We cannot forget this. Yes. She is absolutely nude. Everybody. She uh, drags him into what I what it looks like, kind of like a laundry slash freezer icebox room. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Like maybe like a like a storage room. Yeah. Essentially. And it has like a large um, cooler, maybe something that your parents put ice cream in there for a few months, you know, and forget oh, about it. I was it. not thinking about ice cream in this scene. Oh, no, 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 no. But yeah, she drags him in there, and then some stuff happens. Uh, I mean, I don't remember the procedure of it all, because again, it's gross, but it doesn't get too, like... It's suggested. Yes. Yeah. I think she cuts his arm off first. Or... Yes. She does. Um, she, yeah, she finds like what looks like those like turkey automatic knife yeah. cutters <laughs> from like the eighties and nineties. Like, yeah, I, I haven't seen one in a while. I'm sure it still exists. Oh, but... I'm sure somewhere like on QVC or something <laughs> yeah. you can find it. It's like a long serrated like yeah. turkey knife. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like you know the ones that like yeah. you, you turn you plug it in and you turn it on and it and it cuts turkey real nice and people <laughs> apparently. Um, and she starts to dismember him because I guess like in her head she goes shit. I need to get rid of the evidence. Okay, so the one thing on the back of the DVD that uh-huh. said, and I'll, I'll say it again, it says, she plans the ultimate sacrifice of her god, which again, she doesn't plan, mm. the altar of her madness, a ceremony exalted and romantic as it is horrible and wonderful. And like, she almost like subtly ritualizes him yeah. by eating him. Yes. And not just like, I want to be clear, not like zombie styles going into his dead corpse, like 
there's that weird shot of her like cooking the foot. She prepares him, yeah. essentially. Like she's like basting him, and, yeah. Like which, like I, honestly, throughout that whole scene, I was just thinking, like, where she put it? She's so thin and and so yeah, cute. that's true. Where she put all that? That's a lot that, of all meat. that man meat. That's a lot of meat. <laughs> now she... R is not like a chubby guy or anything. But no. He's still, like a man. Like he's still, like, I a... mean, but he's like an adult. You know, he's like again, like an thin adult. I he has at like. least like bones weigh a lot. I know that he has, he has a, a good hundred pounds. Yes, on her. he has a good hundred pounds of meat. Yeah, that's a lot of meat to eat. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah, <laughs> she prepares him, and overnight eats all of him and grinds up his bones into powder. Which, by the way, what was that tool that she used to grind I up don't know. human bone? I don't know. Because I'm a sure tough. a lot of serial killers listening to this yeah. podcast <laughs> who are big like obviously fans of mine um are are wanting to know because yeah she grinds him up to pure powder like cremation style yeah powder. and then puts it in a sack essentially. like in a cute little ikea sack <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then goes to um spread his ashes we should mention that she shaves her head yeah and kind of lo- like i don't know was she supposed <gasps> to look like him in the mannequin video i just made that connection because yeah right because like she's wearing something similar Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she is. She's almost wearing his outfit. Yeah, it might even be his outfit because she's in his home. <gasps> yeah, because, oh, yeah, because she took it out of the trunk of the car. That's true. <gasps> it's his fucking outfit. Wow, how creepy is that? Oh, my gosh. Okay, what does that mean? She's eaten him, so she feels, she even says that he's a part of her. Well, that's because well, of another In a different reason. way, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, this movie. <laughs> so good. Guys. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um. Wow, so... She, like, spreads the bone dust of the recording studio. Which, by the way, ever, all the extras are, look, like, looking on and watching this, by the way. Not saying anything, but there's one extra that keeps looking and is like, what's going on yeah. back there? <laughs> Who I loved her. And eventually she dumps most of it, like, in a random place, right? Yeah. Like, what was that place? I it, don't know. It looked like just, like, a highway. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's just, getting, at this point, getting rid of the evidence. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, so... She ends up coming home, and her parents, as most parents would be, are just like happy to see her, despite her baldness now. And right, I would have a lot of questions <laughs> as a mom. But she's back, and she writes that final letter, and we learn, in the biggest kicker of them all, that like she's carrying his baby. She's like, I, I missed Amazing. my period for a month, or something like that. I don't know. It's been a month. <laughs> and she's like, you'll always be a part of me, and now I have a reason. And parents are going to be pissed. Oh my god, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Again, so many questions. What an amazing ending, though. Yeah. Again, this I was... I really uh, was blown away by it. I really loved this movie. This was... Again, the more I talk about it and think about it, I'm like, wow, this, this was something cool. It was a good movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. I would love to see it um, remade. I was thinking that, like, that they... There's, like, no pun intended, but, like, there's the guts here of, like... <laughs> like a modern film for sure i mean it's all right there and yeah i mean you got it i tried to see if it was remade but there's another film called the fan which mm-hmm. has wesley snipes and robert de niro okay like robert de niro's like is oh. robert de niro simone <laughs> no maybe <laughs> he's like a hardcore fan of like a baseball player who's wesley snipes oh but i don't think it's based on this i mean if well, you call something the fan and it's it, in that genre of film you know it's going to be about a crazy fan of so. course yeah swim fan swim fan we'll Oof. cover that on this podcast oh i forgot good. about swim fan good it's on my you. list that's good <laughs> yeah i mean what an ending what a film and again i could see how some people wouldn't be into this 
Like, I could see my mother not being into this. Well, yeah. But, but it is so interesting. Now, I, I saved this for the end because mm-hmm. I didn't want this to distract the debate. But we mentioned a little bit later when you pointed out, like, the Heil Hitler things. And, like, I said there was, like, the SS symbolism. Right, right. So there is actually a quote from the director, uh, Eckhart Schmidt. And he, he says this. The subtext of the film... It's basically about National Socialism, which is Nazism. Throughout the film, there are references to National Socialism. I was asking the question, who is actually guilty? Did Hitler summon the Germans, or did the Germans seek Hitler? Mm. The fans were the German people. Were they provoked, or were they seduced by Hitler? Or were they looking for him? Where does the blame lie? Der Fan asked the question as well. Who is guilty? Is he guilty because he chose her and played carelessly with her? Or was that desire always inside of her and just needed someone like him to bring it to life? Oh, wow. And, yeah, so you could see the film as just, like, a cool horror level. But if you go with, like, that subtext, it's pretty similar in terms of, like... And and the question isn't really answered, you know? It's like chicken and the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, was she just crazy and there was just someone who was going to take that from her? Like, whether it was, if R never existed, would have been another musician or an actor or something like that? Or was it because of what R was doing that pushed her over the edge? But what was he doing? Looking into the camera and making (laughs) weird music? Okay, so maybe not R himself. I guess maybe, like, it would be more, like, on a grand scale, like, just pop Being culture everywhere. and yeah. media and stuff like that. Hmm. I mean, chicken and the egg kind of thing. It's interesting. It's it's very interesting. And I definitely want to watch it again because yeah. of the dub, but also like in that context to see if there's any other like secret Nazi things in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would love to see it again with just what we discussed. I'm telling you, this is a party movie. Not like a fun, like, oh, let's let's party to the movie. No, this is but like a like, sit and thinker movie. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you have a bunch of people over, like, oh, what do you want? Oh, you got to watch this. You yeah, know? like, bring out some German-style beers. Ooh, I'm everybody, enjoying this party. Yes, yeah, everybody dresses a in their best, party. like, denim on denim or leather <laughs> on peasant outfits and uh, feathered hair and do it up. Ooh, yeah. That sounds amazing. It? <laughs> it really does. If you're <laughs> hey, thinking, my birthday party. Yeah, if you're thinking of hosting another party, host a true Schroeder affair. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, sounds amazing. And just play this film in East German or West German or East German if you can find them. <laughs> right. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have fun little walls around, wall decal yeah. over, my, over my fence. Oh, amazing. I, I love... Again, I'll say this again. I love Germany. I love German culture. I mm-hmm. love this time period. So this is really, really, really cool to see. Yeah. This is something. So Mondo, um, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, they, I think they're partners with Alamo Draft House or something like that. I know they're Austin-based. And they release this DVD, but they'll often re-release or release soundtracks to films on vinyl. Oh. I don't know if it'll be a big seller. But if they release this on vinyl, I'd be so happy. Me too. I have a record player. I need it. I need it really Yeah, bad. I love I love their vinyls. They're awesome. Oh, um, my God. I'm so excited. Famously on the show, we've talked about the Josie and the Pussycats vinyl, which I purchased, and we oh, got... Wait, the the new the new movie, Josie and the Pussycats? Well, like, not, the, the, the... Like, 90s or yeah. early 2000s movie. Yeah, they re-released the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Was that Rosario Dawson was yes. on that one? Oh, yes. my gosh. You yeah. want to uh, go back in the archives and listen to that, because this is probably the most impactful situation the high school slumber party has ever been a part of um i'll recount it now just to inspire people to listen back to old yeah. episodes um i was actually on with someone we both know alexa we were talking about 
what movie were we talking about? I, oh, some Olsen twin movie. <laughs> oh, God. And the topic of Josie and the Pussycats, you know, was talked about. Uh-huh. And she had mentioned that it was not on Spotify. Oh, sad. The soundtrack. So I was like, that's funny, and that's fun. And I remember that soundtrack. I remember that Kay Hanley from the band Letters to Cleo was the voice of Josie. And I know that because, like, in Parks and Recreation, like, Ben, that's, like, his favorite mm. band. And I tagged Kay Hanley on on Twitter, like, hey, what? I, something like that. Yeah. Something with Josie and the Pussycats. And, and another person, uh, another good musician named Biff Naked was the backup singer for that as well. Uh-huh. Someone tagged her. Oh my gosh. She tagged Kay Hanley, and they started talking about the soundtrack. Shut up. Like, under uh, the High School Slumber Party uh, tag on Twitter. Within two days, it was on Spotify. Shut up. So, I feel like... Blast <laughs> Dare Fan, please. I need it. I need it in my life. So that's, and that's my point. I think that if we made that impact with Josie and the Pussycats, perhaps we could make the impact with this film. And Mondo, if you're listening, and I'll tag it if I remember. Please. No, I will, because I edit these. But, <laughs> please... Put this on vinyl. You have two people who will purchase that. Oh, 100%. I'll <laughs> buy it for my friends. Absolutely. Anything else you want to mention about Dare Fan? I mean, I just really want to emphasize that this is an incredible film. And that if you do love the new kind of horror that's coming out, grab this one up. Find it. Yeah, um, no. For I mean, sure. I agree. I 100% agree. I love it, just as a horror fan in general. Now, typically, we... Uh, we'll go to Rotten Tomatoes and see the critic and audience score. Mm-hmm. There is zero for both because it's not uh, seen enough. You know, there you go. it never came out in the United States, so there wasn't a critical score, and not enough audience members, I think, have said anything. So crazy. it's just up to us. And now we do things on an A to F scale, so with minuses and pluses. So what do you want to give the fan? An A, solid A. For sure. Because I love those psychological thrillers. Now, I, really I was do. all set to give this a B plus, but as we talked about it, and as I feel like, again, no pun intended, as I feel like we dissected this film, <laughs> <laughs> I I started to like it more and more because like, oh. Like more thoughts. More this thoughts. has been happening a lot lately with movies. Like I'm like, oh, I like this movie. But then when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, wow. Some movies are just meant to be talked about with friends. Yeah. And this is one of them. And I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I really, really liked it. Uh, and I suggest, especially if you're into this, and just to go with our whole um, Women in Horror series, now, Eckhart Schmidt, if you're not familiar, is not a woman. So it's directed by a man, though he says he has a voice of a woman. I'm not sure if you know, hey, he... go for it, sister. Ha- yeah, I don't know if he's like a gender thing. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know anything about him. But I'll say this in terms of like, what a, this is a story, 100% felt like it was from a woman's point of view. Yeah. And it just depicted a lot of, this is 1982, and it's showing a lot of like the patriarchy here and and, and just the system. We, we didn't get too into the parents, but like the structure that they're creating yeah. as well. And again, Germany is a country even till today that's based on structure. Mm-hmm. It's not evil structure like before, but it's still like they're very structured people. You know, you'll never see a pothole on the Audubon. They're mm-hmm. just all about order. And this movie just shows someone very clearly with a disorder. But right. just going against that and having to fight all that around her. And we find ourselves, despite her being, in the end, a 
somewhat of a crazy killer, you know, for yeah. a better word. Well, she's a murderer now, yeah. Yes, a murderer. We find <clears throat> ourselves rooting for her a lot throughout the film. Yeah. We're not like, oh, cut him up and grind his bones. Well, no, I want to, like, bring her up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to grab her and be like, let's go. She doesn't feel floor. evil. She no. doesn't feel like an unlikable character. She feels like someone who's very troubled, for Extremely, sure. Extremely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it's something that, again, I, I watched a couple of days ago. I watched it again. And not with the dub. Again, I want to do that. Yeah, do that. But this film has been lingering with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't throw it away, and I can't wait to share it with the world. And I hope you guys listening, I'm sure most of you who are listening, did not see the film because it is hard to get. I hope you go out and buy it. Seriously. I mean, Mondo doesn't give us any extra money for that, but I hope you go out and buy it or find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you get it illegally. Like, just I... find it somewhere and then watch it because I think it, again, if you're into this, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, you're super going to dig it. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Um, kind of an odd question, but okay. What sleeping bag you bring into the slumber party? That's a. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's a well, they're fan themed. Uh, I want to bring a huge, really really big black and white, uh, silk screened picture of just people hi- like hiling. Oh, oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if that's no, no. I want well. just like a big R face on it. That's what <laughs> there I is want. that like photo of him somewhere, right? Where it's just like the. Very, like, 80s-looking face. Yeah, that's the one I want. <laughs> just, like, almost like Flock of Seagulls haircut. Yeah. That's the one I want. Yeah, I like just it. Just like I like a big it a old one, yes, with a pillowcase to match. <laughs> All right, we, we played this last time um, mm-hmm. called Rent Two Movies, Get One Free. Oh, okay. Now, sometimes I'll pick a movie, but if you have two, that's fine. We, if we've rented Dare oh, Fan... Okay. And, you know, you and I are having this sleepover... What are we watching next? What two movies are we watching next? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. After Dare Fan. Hmm. I feel like we would need like an upper, like a fun one. Um, ma- oh, Spice World. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing Spice World. What a way like to change up like the whole atmosphere of that party. Yeah. Why not? Because <laughs> you know those aliens were fans of the of the Spice Girls eventually. So I mean. <laughs> Let's get out of this world. Let's go for it. Yeah, I would have to say Spice World. And a second one, I kind of like the whole musical, like the, 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 the rock, like the pop stuff to it. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what the second one would be. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Changing the tone know. of the evening. Oh Well, I mean... I mean, or you might we, need or to. we can watch a we can watch you a scary to. one too. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Are there bloopers? Are there behind the scenes stuff yeah. we can watch? Yeah, we'll watch Dear Fan the bloopers. Yeah, hilarious outtakes. Just like her giggling film. when she's yeah. like nude and like cutting him up or something. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, so if I have any input in this, which you do, <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Dear Fan for the well half of it for the first time. Another movie that was playing that night at my friend's house was this movie called Demons. Okay. In Italian, it's Demoni. Oh. <laughs> um, it's an Italian film. Mm-hmm. And the plot is... Okay, I, I, it's Italian film, but it made me think of this because I think it takes place in Germany. Uh, okay. It's very weird. There's a lot of strange dubbing. It's <laughs> hilarious, but also, like, scary. Okay. 
you have to see it to appreciate it. It's just like I'm just thinking of like foreign language horror films. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. all I remember is like that there's a group of people again it's dubbed pretty poorly, and they're like stuck in the theater, and the zombies are like attacking them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't remember much about this film. I just remember it looked really cool. There was a lot of dubbing, mm-hmm. and when you mentioned the whole dubbing thing, it made me think of this film. I saw it like on the same night as Dare Fan. And it, it's just one of these films that, again, I think it was more, like, funny to me. Okay. It could be probably scary. I'm not sure. But there was just, like, a, again, a lot of Italian mixed with German. And it was just that's, kind that's of so like confusing. a foreign shit show. But yeah. it was fun. It was fun. If you can track this movie down, Demons from 1985, please do. <laughs> because it's uh, it's an interesting one. Okay. So we got a bunch of films to rent it. here. Bunch mm-hmm. of films to talk about. But, you know, I think that's all we have to mention on Durfan. I think you and I both gave it a big seal of approval here. Oh, yeah. And this sure. is, a, again, it was my first full-time watching. I kind of said, I, I saw the vibe, and I'm like, I think Alex will enjoy this film. I'm not sure. So when I had to, like, um, find guests, I'm like, you know what? It seems like it's up her alley. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I really did. This was such a surprise film for me. It, no, no. I, I mean, can't imagine, you know. <laughs> can't imagine what I mean. No, um, no, it really was such a surprise film that I enjoy it so much that I want things of it. And if I were to ever see that it's going to be at like Film Noir Cinema in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, um, I would 100% run and go see it. You know, I can see it being like almost like a the room thing where people go and see it and go and check it out and like yeah, it no. becomes like an immersive thing. It's I, really I'm cool. I'm sure since like the Austin screenings that someone has screen screened it. Mhm. The Blu-ray was great. I know you watched the DVD version. So yeah. like the Mondo thing comes with the DVD and the Blu-ray. You're getting your money's worth. Guys. Um it's pretty cool. Hello. I'd love though to see this like on an original film on like a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, someone please do that. If we can have any kind of powers and rocket strap that idea. You know, <laughs> maybe I can talk to that guy from Film Noir Cinema in Greenpoint. And be Go like, for it, please. Grab this up. We will be there then. We will mm-hmm. be there. Like, 100%. Promoting and watching, that's for sure. Yes. Um, You know, this was such a such a cool film, I'll put it that way. So it's fair to say that you're der fan of der fan? <laughs> yeah? Ich bin fan, yes. Ich bin fan. 100. Well, Alex, as always, it's so great having you on. Oh, really appreciate you coming out here and, and putting up with my dogs. and. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> being able to uh, talk about this film and, and watching this film. So any you know any place people can follow you or anything you theoretically want to plug or something. I mean you know uh, I'm I'm on the gram not very much anymore because I've been so busy, but yeah no, it's been a pleasure as always to. to talk What's the about gram this. so they can? Oh oh. No not um, what is Instagram? I mean what is your? Well, Instagram? well it's with pictures. There's pictures on there. <laughs> Thanks, sometimes Mom. videos. Um, How does this work? What is it? <laughs> um, it's uh, my uh, handle. I guess is what they call it. The kids call it. Yes. Is uh, this is Alex underscore dude i love it i love it thanks easy yeah well again thank you so much alex and looking forward to having you on again always always great having alex on always a fun time and that was a really fun episode to record i hope it translated for listening i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i did recording it and well dare fan the fan if you haven't watched it yet check it out 
buy the Blu-ray, buy the DVD, find it somehow. I don't care how you find it, it's worth it. Trust me. So we got some other homework to talk about. We have your next week homework to talk about as we continue our Women in Horror series. And next week, <laughs> another fun one, tell you that much. Our guest is none other than Kara Gail O'Regan. I don't think she's been back since Hackers, but I love having Kara on. She's one of my favorite guests to have. And I can't wait to talk to her about this film. Remember, it's not the show. It's the original film, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But, as it turns out... You have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head. And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on. Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart. Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah, ah. Paul Rubens. Ah. With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. Yes, I am. Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. You didn't even break a nail. Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah, ah. Paul Rubens. Ah. With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. No, she most certainly isn't. Can't wait to continue our Women in Horror series next week with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know all your other homework about the social media, about subscribing and rating and all that. But don't forget your other bit of homework. No, not to get John Cusack to unblock us. I don't think that's happening. But to listen to all the other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network. That's cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. We've talked about a lot of them today. We've talked about P.S. I Love Hoffman a little bit. We've talked about foodie films when Kyle came on a little bit. What else did we talk about? I'm not sure. Oh, how about my guest appearance last week? And again, I keep calling myself guest, but I'm pretty much there once or twice a month. And that's on Mike Mancy's show, Third Time's a Charm, which I love being on. Because a lot of the films I've seen, but most of them, I haven't. And I get to watch three movies, essentially. Pretty awesome. Also, remember, Fridays are for fun. And you can check out either our show on Tom Hanks, hosted by Joey Lewandowski and Mike Manzi again, which is Hanks for the Memories, or on alternating Fridays, Cruise Club, Tom Cruise movies. Very different catalog there, but big, big, fun movies to talk about there. And, you know, our guest next week, Caragal O'Regan, 
She has a show, Whistle Thinking, and she had a great run on the contenders with Amy Heckerling, of course, as the subject matter. A lot of crossover between that podcast and Amy Heckerling material, so you want to listen to that. And there are a ton of other great shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network, so you definitely, definitely want to check those out. But, you know, (sighs) getting a little tired. Probably have nightmares after this film, but it's time for bed. It's time to crawl up into that sleeping bag. It's time to get all cuddly and and uh, just doze off and have those sweet, sweet, sweet Halloween nightmares. <laughs> so, I'll leave you with another song, of course, by Ryan Gold. I was able to track down another one. It's called... And please, 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 I don't speak German, if you haven't figured that out already. <laughs> but as best as I can tell, it's called Das Steit der Gut from 1982, from the Der Fan soundtrack. R himself. Later, dudes. <laughs> Go.